He is the King of glory, Selah. The gospel lesson is from the book of John chapter 11, verses 32 through 44. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He says, he said, where have you laid him? She said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. Though the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, there already there is a stench because he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you have sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in cloth. Then Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we come to our time of children's message this morning, I'm hoping you've noticed there's a table behind me that I've been navigating very carefully, um, and that there's a lot of candles on it. Today's a special day as we remember those who have gone before us, and I want to ask you a question. Can you think of anyone who you know who has, has died and who has taught you something? Anyone come to mind? Anyone you can think of? Someone who has taught you. Go ahead. Your grandmother. Absolutely. Thanks be to God. Grandparents, parents, your husband. Thanks be to God. Gramps. Absolutely. Gramps. Thanks be to God. Your mother, your sister, thanks be to God. I was thinking today about how we're connected to all of those people, even now. I don't know if you ever did this. It looks like there's one person here, but actually, behind that one person is a whole 
bunch of people yet connected. Our fellowship, our communion of the saints is just like this. Even though we look very much like an individual, we are connected to all those who have gone before us and they continue to teach us. So I have for our kids a few that they can decorate. Would you draw some faces on them and make these real people as well? And we'll pray together. Dear God, we thank you for those who have gone before. Let us continue to learn from them. Amen. I'll give you these to decorate even now. Today, we begin a three-part series on a life that matters, worship, service, and identity. And we've already begun commemorating the lives of those who go before us into the more immediate presence of Jesus and hear a call to live that kind of a life. Some faith traditions have two separate days, all saints and all souls. The first, All Saints, is to commemorate those who've been noted, elected, beatified, confirmed, known as saints. The second day is everybody else. In our tradition, we understand those together. As United Methodists, we understand saints as the Apostle Paul did in the letter to Hebrews when he wrote since there is so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race with perseverance and throw off the sin that has entangled us. Saints are set apart by one thing and one thing only, God shining through them. It's extravagant love that distinguishes them. In fact, there's often more that makes them different from one another than the same. St. Francis of Assisi, you might remember him from the call to poverty. He likes animals a lot. We remember that. He called others to care well. But legend has it, a little quirky, he also would roll in the snow in the nude in order to ward off lusty thoughts. Don't take that as advice. St. Joan of Arc led men twice her size into battle, puzzling those around her as she donned traditionally male clothing. But the voices of critics were not nearly as loud as the call she heard from God. St. Mary of Egypt was a prostitute for 17 years, and in the last 50 years of her life, became a desert mother. St. Maximilian was a conscientious objector in the Roman army 
hard to do in the Roman army. And his father, a veteran, experienced sadness knowing that this pronouncement would lead to his death. So at his beheading, Maximilian said, these new clothes I'm wearing, they need to go to the executioner who doesn't have as much as I've had in my life. Ordinary people whose love of God led them to do extraordinary things. This also means for you and me, we can't just shrug our shoulders and say somebody else is fit for sainthood. Like Daniel, a lover of music. Or like Anna, who lovingly cared for her family even in the last days of her life. Like Joyce, who was a custodian at the Strasbourg High School. Like Jim, whose pride of family was often shared in humor, wanting other people to smile along with him. Like Joe, who's honored to serve his country and teach generations of students, has been passed on. You know, some deaths affect us more than others. Brothers, like Ron, or cousins, like Monique and Joan, Lee and Troy, aunts, like Helen and Marion and Louise, uncles like Louie, mothers like Marie and like Cindy's. It's true for us today as it was for Jesus. Jesus' humanity continues to teach us about our own lives. Jesus was called to Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. He knew them. And he loved them. And the neighbors wanted to know, why didn't he get here sooner? They asked, couldn't he open the eyes of the blind man and also keep this one from dying? It's a fair question. It kind of echoes still through the millennia. See if you recognize it in these questions. If Jesus had it in him to calm the wind and the waves... Why do we have earthquakes and tsunamis? If Jesus could feed a little boy, a whole 5,000 with the little boy's lunch, why do people go to bed hungry at night? If Jesus healed the blind guy in the town down the road, why didn't he show up in Bethany and work some magic? The neighborhood chorus continues. It's kind of like the one in the book of Job. If God is good, then why do terrible things happen? And the choral response, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I'm sure that many of us know people who have joined that chorus, and there are times we've sat in on the chorus ourselves, asking and telling what God could have done and wondering, what should God have done? And then we hear the words of Jesus in the gospel. Unbind him and let him go. On this day, we release our loved ones from those choruses of fear and lean on the promises of the steadfast God. 
We remember Beryl, whose impact echoes through our care as a community church. We remember Janet, whose light shone among us. We remember Ed, who cared for our church as a custodian. We remember two genes related in life and even in death. They died within the same week. We remember Clara and Charles, Norman and Colleen, spouses in life and in love. And if we're also called to live this kind of life, the one that matters, we're set apart by our worship. Does my life matter? Do I really make a difference? In the words of the Broadway hit show and recent movie musical, Dear Evan Hansen, even if you've always been in the barely kind of background kind of guy, you still matter. Even if you're someone who can't escape the feeling that the world's passed you by, you still matter. Even if you never got around to doing some remarkable thing, you still matter. God shines through you. And Psalm 24 reminds us of the entrance, the Ark of the Covenant made into the city of Jerusalem from processional worship. Jerusalem, like so many ancient cities, built up their walls to protect from enemies and the unknown. So to enter the fortress, the gates had to be opened or drawn up for protection. So actually lifting the gates captures a moment when the city could turn to worship and rejoicing. Ceremony and feasting away from the hypervigilance of protection. It's not just the gates that were invited to be lifted up, but the psalmist says to the Israelites and to us as well, rejoice. The Lord is coming. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Full stop. There's a humble moment in the liturgy of internment at the graveside when we are reminded of how we operate in God's world. It says this, Eternal God, you have shared with us the lives of Melissa and Chris. Before they were ever yours, they are ours. All of Marilyn and Kathy has been given to us to make us who we are, and for each of them, which in your love will never end. We give you thanks. And now, it says, we offer back Rita and Arthur, Bob and Mary into your arms. Comfort us. We depend on this moment to remember the earth, every part of it is God's. It's often the moment when we've been wondering if our loved one has just been away on a trip for a little while, and it becomes more real. Each of these is God's. So we make this bold claim on All Saints Day that all of these, all the names I've said and all the names you've said, are our family, our relation, our kin, those we've known close enough to know what their favorite meal is or what makes them laugh, and those we only know through the stories of others. We have to depend on someone else to tell us the particularities of what made them who they are. 
We all have the same blood running through our veins, Christ's vein, the same light within us. Once you're baptized, you belong to God, and all that remains is what you do about it. So living a life that matters is distinguished by loving God, and everything else comes from that. Later in the service, we'll sing, I sing a song of the saints of God, written back in 1929. And we say this, they were all saints of God. And I, meaning God helping, to be one too. But we don't do this alone. So great a cloud of witnesses. Saints whose names we know like Mary and Francis, Maximilian and Joan, and those who have been recently added, like Mark and Jordan, Liz and Nesta, Stanley and others. If you've been playing along, I think I said 39 names. They're calling out our names and shouting encouragement to us because we are knit together in this communion of saints. So lift up your heads and praise God. This, my friends, is the gospel, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.